0: Welcome back to the Purpose Powered Entrepreneur Show. Today's episode is inspired by a question from one of our listeners. These kinds of shows are my favorite to produce because I love helping people. And it's totally just like the researcher inside of me. When someone asks Lindsay or I for specific help, I totally geek out on it. So please don't be shy. If you have any questions about anything business related, please DM us on Instagram. We would be happy to help.
1: Okay. So this is the question that I, Lindsay received on Instagram from one of our listeners. And she said, have you always been great at creating content or did you take a course or learn from someone how to create it? this is my struggle. I dread making posts because I never know what to say. No matter how many times I ask what people want to know, it's like
0: crickets. I get lost on what to write. Okay, so when I read that question, the main points that I hear is a desire to serve her audience, which is awesome, and then there's also like an underlying fear that her content might fall short, and so Lindsay and I, we totally understand that creating valuable content can sometimes be really challenging, and often we will even doubt like, is this really what my audience wants to hear? But sometimes we need to make sure that we give them audience, our audience content that they need to hear. So our topic today is creating content your audience wants and content they need. Ooh, this is
1: very exciting. (laughs) Um, so, and I was to receive this question was, very flattering to me because I still have a lot of insecurities around my content. So (laughs) thank you for for reaching out and asking that question. But it did make me think about how my content has changed over the years and how I've gotten better at it. And I wouldn't say that I've, I mean, I haven't taken a specific course, but there is, I do think it's important that we are putting effort into growing in this area and giving ourselves the grace that we are going to get better as we go. Like if you wait until you feel confident to do it, you are going to be waiting a really long time. But that was one of the things that I think was helpful for me is just knowing, you know what, I'm going to have to put in the time. I'm going to have to write, you know, X number of Instagram posts and produce, you know, these blog posts and write newsletters. And if it takes me a hundred to get good, then I might as well start now. And I might as well start busting them out. And I'm going to take imperfect action. I'm not going to allow this feeling of having to feel like it's perfect and dialed in. I'm going to be willing to learn as I. I go knowing
0: that doing is the the best way to get better. Such good advice. Yes, I want to make sure that everybody just make sure you're doing it. Don't wait until you're perfect because I have bad news for you. And I like to tell people this, you'll never be perfect. (laughs) I won't either. So it's okay. Okay. Let's start with the importance of knowing your audience's pain points from the question that we're working with. It sounds like she is asking people, what do they want to know? And I don't know exactly her method for doing this, but I know for me uh, that certain things have worked and I want to share three of those things with you. And you can even implement these ideas today if you want. So whenever I ask my audience for info that I'm using for research, I try my best to make it easy, exciting, and as direct as possible. So one thing I love to do is, and that you can do too, is create a post in your newsfeed, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, and ask them if they had a magic wand and they can make their biggest business challenge disappear today, what would it be? I actually did this exact same thing in October of 2020 on my newsfeed. And it was when I started working on a new offering and I used the term biggest entrepreneurship challenge because that was relevant to my business. You know, Lindsay might say like, what's your biggest health challenge? So make sure you make it relevant to your audience and to your offer. But I got a ton of engagement on that. Number one, People kind of like to talk about their problems and they love to imagine like, oh, if this biggest struggle just disappeared, it would solve everything because that's kind of what they're already thinking. But then I sort of took this a step further. So I didn't just post it and then leave it at that and, and run with what they commented. Instead, the ones that fit into what I was going to offer, what I knew I could solve, I then reached out to them the Uh, direct messaging. And I thank them for commenting. And I asked them if they would just do me a huge favor and help me out and answer a couple more questions for research I was doing. And I was so surprised that each and every person was more than willing to chat with me about their struggles. So that was pretty cool. Have you ever done anything like that, Lindsay? That's, yes,
1: I, yes, I have. I love that magic wand question. And it's interesting. So being in the health field, everyone has their excuses, right? Everyone has this thing in their mind that they really think if it wasn't for my job, if it wasn't for my husband, if it wasn't for (laughs) my kids, then then it would be easier, right? If only my kids didn't love chicken nuggets so much, I would have lost 20 pounds by now, but I can't sling chicken nuggets and eat healthy. So it's just, it's so funny how people are willing and want to talk about that because they know in their mind, like they've got their excuse and what they think is holding them back. And that is definitely something that people want to talk about. But I love that you took that step further. And do you happen to remember, I know this was a while ago, but do you remember what those follow up questions were?
0: Well, a lot of them, it was the ones who said like that they wish that they could either produce better content or that they were better writers, things like that, that were really specific. then I would ask them, you know, like, what did you, what do you struggle with when it comes to writing? Like, do you ever voice record yourself and then transcribe it? It was whatever their comments were. I tried to make it as relevant to my course as possible so that I could get more information because I really want to make sure that when this course comes out, like, these people who are my ideal clients, I want their pain points to be solved by the end. So that makes
1: sense. And especially like with you. Okay. So they have a pain point. You have a course that could solve that. But if you come to them with information of things they've already tried, then that's not helpful for them. So Taking the time to dig a little bit more, I feel like gives you really good insight. Like, okay, they don't need A, B, and C. They need these other things because they've already tried that and that hasn't worked for them.
0: Yes. And then so I wasn't gonna go down this rabbit hole, but now I am. And this just is still with one. I actually took my DMs a step further that I wasn't gonna dive into, but I love to repurpose stuff. So I actually took the people's words directly and I repurposed it into my sales page for my course, into my actual course and into my social media posts. So I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was producing content that they wanted to hear because they already told me. So make sure you're repurposing your stuff and use your clients, your past clients, or, you know, people that are your ideal clients, use their words in your content and you will hit the mark every time. Yeah. I mean, then they read it and
1: they think, oh my goodness, she can relate to me. She knows exactly what I'm struggling with. And I think when we're in a certain industry, sometimes we think our words have to be really professional or polished or, but they don't need to be. They need to be the language of the people we're trying to
0: reach. Absolutely. Go back to our copywriting episode if you, if you get stuck on that one for sure. So, okay. Second tip to get clear on your audience's pain points is, I love creating polls in my stories and you got to make sure that you make them simple. So I try to always use the poll option because it just gives you two choices. And some examples that I've done in the past are like, do you struggle with time blocking or goals more? Do you do you batch your content currently? Just keep it super simple. It doesn't have to be really creative. Um, you just need to make sure you do some work on your end to really narrow down your questions, but Seriously, people love to answer polls. Every time I'm having even a little bit of slump in my views on stories, I will throw in some polls and I might even just do a thumbs up and a thumbs down emoji. It just makes it really easy for people to process. We got to keep in mind that people are consuming so much information, so much content all day long that we have to make it easy to digest and really easy for them to interact with us. And so I try to think of every possible question, but I break them up in groups of three to five, because once somebody has gotten to that fifth one, generally, they're just going to start skipping your story. They are like, okay, I've had enough time with Ashlyn. Let's move on. So I will do three to five questions in my poll in a row in the stories. I'm sorry. And then I will wait a few days. So I make sure it all falls off. I already showed the results. The results have fallen off. And that's another thing. Make sure you show the results because people like to see what other people are saying because there's some people who don't want to answer because they know it's not anonymous, but they would love to see what other people have to say. So I always try to make sure I share them. And then after all of that's fallen off my stories, I will do a new round. So do you like polls, Lindsay? I do. I love polls. (laughs) I love
1: answering polls and I love creating polls, but I could be more consistent with that. So
0: thank you for the reminder. (laughs) Okay. Number three is to hop on calls with your people. So the people that you know are your ideal clients or past clients or anybody that you know, your service could really help. It helps if you have some sort of relationship with them because they might be a little skeptical if you're like, Hey, can I have a call with you? But if it's someone, you know, ask them if you can just take five, maybe 10 minutes of their time on a phone call, because you need to do some research for your business. I always make sure that I make it clear to them. Like I am not trying to sell you anything. I really just need your help and help them to feel important because they are important. They're helping you. So give them, you know, that motivation and that confidence booster and they'll get pretty excited to help you out. People like to help other people. At least that's what I found. I agree. Um, I was,
1: this was on a, a Kate Northrup, a, uh, mastermind call a couple of weeks ago. Um, but we were, w- the woman on the call was talking about how for an entire year, she did one of those calls a year, or I'm sorry, one of those calls per week where she did like a coffee chat once a week for an entire year. And her business grew phenomenal, phenomenally. And I know we're talking about creating content here, but I think if you made it a goal of just connecting with one ideal client, once a week on the phone for five to 10 minutes just to gather information. And you were not trying to sell them something. You were literally just trying to serve and gather information that you would not only get so much insight as to, you would get so much inspiration for things to write for content, so much insight into the pain points of your ideal clients, and you would grow your network. In this case, she was talking about how her business exploded because she just made 50 new connections with people who then knew what she did and who she could serve and then could refer people to her. So, a little off topic, but not I not at all. Dude, um, that was
0: amazing. Yeah. And I am adding that into my to-do list because <laughs> I'm like, that is just taking it a step further. I don't know if I would do it every week, but I love that concept. I mean, that's what I used to do in real estate is I would just reach out to people and talk to them because maybe they weren't ready to sell a house, but I knew that everybody knows somebody. So it's actually a practice I used to do that I've never thought of implementing in other businesses. So thank you. Total light bulb over here. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I mean, with content, we need fresh ideas all the time. Like I often falsely think that I've said it all. You know, I'm like, my audience has heard everything I have to say, but when you actually have conversations with people, you know, often when we're posting on social media or in newsletters, that information goes out and we don't necessarily get a lot of feedback return to us. But when you have a conversation with someone, then you realize, oh, wow, they, I, even though I've talked about this, it hasn't resonated with them. They didn't remember they read that and forgot, or they read that and their kids were talking to them and they didn't really absorb it. And, or I didn't say it in the way that connects to them. I mean, there's 50 different ways to say something. Exactly. Which then too, you're not having to create brand new content. You're just phrasing things in a different way. So repurposing.
0: So good. Okay, so now that we've gotten clear on our audience's pain points, so this means either you've already done this work or you're actively always doing this work, let's chat a little bit about what the heck do we actually talk about on social media? And does it always need to be what your audience wants to hear? So now that we've figured out their pain points, do we always need to be talking about what they want to hear? And of course not. No, we don't. We need to often tell them what they need to hear. Sometimes people, they share with you, you know, your their main struggle or what they think about. But we all have like these dirty secrets, I guess, that sort of keep us up at night where like our brain is working and we're really getting deep into that like personal zone that maybe we're not comfortable sharing with. If you can get yourself familiar with what maybe your client might be thinking about in their head. So when I was writing this, I kind of thought of like Lindsay. Like I'm sure she has clients that maybe at night, they're saying like not nice things about their body or their health or their habits. And it's not exactly what they're going to tell Lindsay because it might be embarrassing. So make sure you know what are they actually thinking inside their head. So they're telling me this, but take it a a step deeper. And often their struggle isn't always like the full picture. There's some stuff that's kind of missing in there. And this takes time. This takes conversation and it, I don't know. What else would you say that it really, I want to make sure I give people enough because I feel like sometimes this is where people get hung up. They're like, okay, I'm listening to my audience. This is what they say. I am responding and I am doing it, but I'm still kind of missing the mark. And I think it's because we don't always go deeper into that like dark secret place. Yeah. And I think if, I, I think continuing
1: to be in conversation with people is really helpful for that. And you can even take that just yourself where you're kind of peeling back the layers of the onion and you're saying, okay, so this is the pain point they're saying, well, why did they feel that way? So for me, you know, with health coaching, someone will come and they'll say, I, I want to lose weight because I want to have more energy to play with my kids. Okay. Well, why do you want to have more energy to play with your kids? And then it's okay. Well, because my parents were really unhealthy and they didn't ever get a chance to play with me. And I really felt like I missed out on that okay, well, why is that important for you? And, you know, when we go layers deep and it's this, you know, we get down to what the real root cause is of a fear of not being able to make an impact on their child's life. And, you know, it's just, it it comes off as something kind of superficial and it sounds really good, but when we really are able to dial in deep to that why, that's where it's like, oh, it resonates and it hits you at that gut level. So it's helpful to, if you can have conversations with people and drill down with them, But you can even, I think, uncover that in your own life if you're willing to go there and kind of peel back that onion and say, yeah, it's easy for me to throw out an Instagram post about eat healthy so that you can have energy to play with your kids, but to go a few layers deeper and talk about, you know, like, wanting to look back on your life and know that you showed up for your children and you were, you know, you played all out and you set an example for them and you created a family legacy and your kids and your grandkids are able to follow in the example that you set. Like that's, you know, a layer deeper that resonates on a deeper level.
0: I'm so happy that Lindsay speaks Ashlyn because that is what I needed. I needed like a concrete example and Lindsay already hit it where she wouldn't say like, You know, do you want to eat healthier so you have more energy? No, she would, her messaging would be hitting that pain point that's deeper about them wanting to make sure that their children have good memories with them and that they don't have regret later on that they weren't healthy enough to be there and be active with their kids. So thank you. I needed that. (laughs) And then another thing that you need to make sure you do when you are going to write your content, especially your business content, is you need to make sure that you're really clear on your offerings, your client's journey and what solution you offer. So you've got their pain points. Now you gotta make sure that you know the, all of the pieces that is going to get them from point A to point B. And it doesn't mean that everybody that reads your content is going to you know, buy from you, but it's really good for people not to get surprised when they get into your course, or your offer, or your service. So that's why all of these things really need to be tied into your messaging. Even though you might think like, well my clients don't, or my Audience doesn't really want to know about my offerings. It doesn't have to be a sales post, but it needs to be something about your journey, something about what they experience, so that if they ever do buy from you, they're not like, What the heck is this? I didn't expect this. You know, they have, they know what you stand for, they know what you offer. So, a perfect example of something I like to talk about, you know, on my Instagram page is energy management. And I'll tell you a secret nobody ever comes to me and says, I need to manage my energy better. They always say, there's not enough time. I don't have enough time in the day. How do you get it all done? I'm I'm a scattered mess, all these things. And they believe that that's their pain, is managing their time. But I know their pain is managing their energy because I don't believe in poor time management to a certain extent. Yes, you could be not as productive, but a lot of times it comes down to our energy. It's like we're unmotivated or we're aren't energized enough to complete what we need to do. So I like to speak on their lack of time, but I sprinkle in that energy management portion because I know that that's what I'm actually going to solve if they take my course. Mm, I love that.
1: Um, An exercise I did once when I was struggling with content creation was I took my 12-week program and I listed out all the modules for that 12-week program and I looked at the topics that I teach in that. And of course, I mean, people pay a lot of money for my program. So I'm not going to like teach my, pro- my whole program on Instagram. But if our focus for that week is, you know, evening routines, then I could easily create an Instagram post just on an evening routine and then a morning routine and meal planning and blood sugar management. And I kind of took just a topic from each of those 12 modules and created a couple posts on each one. And that gave me like months worth of social media content, but I like what that, what you just said made me think of that, that like that is part of my offering. Someone's not going to jump into my program and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so surprised we talk about meal planning here because (laughs) I've woven that
0: into the things that I talk about. And that is what you should be showing up on social media to write is things that you offer. And I love that example from Lindsay because now when her client's, make that investment and they come into her program, they're like, yes, this is what I needed. This is what I wanted. This is like her content on steroids. I already get so much free stuff in her Instagram page, but now I get all of her knowledge and that's how they should feel when they enter into an agreement to pay for your service or whatever it is that you offer. So let's see where we're at now.
1: So how do you recommend that our listeners plan out their content? Like when do you recommend people talk about what?
0: Well, I, I, so I like to do, Well, let me back up a little bit. What I like to first do is I always batch content, obviously. So it'll save you a ton of times, ton of energy. If you're not doing it, please start at least doing it weekly. But I like to have content categories or buckets. So people like different verbiage better. So if you imagine a bucket, you know, you put all of your content inside of that bucket. So time management, say, inside of that for me would be time blocking, energy, goals, priorities. All of those are inside of that time management bucket. And then I will assign those. And then when I first started out batching, I actually assigned specific days to talk about each category. Now I batch my content. I I did a blog. I have an email. I would batch multiple social medias. So it was tons of different things. So I had different category buckets per business, but I love to do specific Days. So say if I wanted to talk about repurposing my content, I would make that a Monday topic. And every Monday, I would draw from that bucket, so that it made it easier when you're first batching to make it a little bit more organized and streamlined. But Another thing I love to do is if you have any promotions or launches, things like that, those are things you should be scheduling in right away. You know, when you're promoting something, you know, when you're launching something. And I think it's really important for us to understand and to really give ourselves permission is like not every single post in your newsfeed should be you selling anything. Like it really needs to be you providing value. You also need to have personal posts in there and you need to make sure that you're repurposing your content because you've spent so much time on it already. And You've gotten new audience members since then, and a ton of people don't even remember it. I'll just be honest. You can change the image, you can change it up a little bit, but make sure you're repurposing. And then another way that I love to actually get content is from other people in my industry. So if you go into my little saved area on Instagram, you might have a heart attack because there are so many posts in there. So every time I see something that would be relevant or that I would want to teach, I save it. And so I'm sure a lot of other people do that. Maybe I'm just assuming. I don't know. Do you do that, Lindsay?
1: Well, I've done it now that I'm friends with you. You've told me about doing it. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> yeah. so maybe not everybody
0: does it. Okay, uh, well, well, that's good
1: I've, for me to know. So I have a folder in my email where I save, like if I get an email and I think, ooh, that's mm-hmm. a catchy, like, oh, my brain is fried today. A catchy headline, subject line, email, subject line. I have like an email folder for those where I save those. Or if I get an email and I'm like, this was such a, like so well written or really hit pain points that I think my clients would resonate with. I do save those for newsletters, but I have recently since becoming friends with you now have an Instagram folder just for that.
0: Yes. I love that. And I do that with my emails too. I do it with any type of content. I do it too with like a, I'll download podcast if I'm like, Oh, this one's great. And I could pull some stuff out of it. And Oh, so, this is another little, just I'm going off on a tangent. Sorry, guys, it's happening today. But I love, I just got distracted. I'm sorry. It's okay.
1: We've got voices outside. <laughs> we have the voices studio. outside, and it
0: totally threw me because normally they don't come through my
1: headphones. But um, so, okay, while you catch your thought, one thing that I was thinking of was I know that we've got listeners who are really in different. Um, different spaces in their business, right? Some people are more seasoned and have a lot more moving parts of their business. Some people have an education and an industry that they're just starting out with and they're just creating. So one of the exercises that was really helpful for me at that beginning phase, when a lot of this was, you know, I'm like content planning, what, like repurposing what, that all felt really overwhelming is I took a huge piece of paper and I wrote out the, the the four things that I wanted to be known for in my business. And I just wrote those really big up top. So one of those for me is LLW score four, where I talk about blood sugar management. And then another one is, you know, just kind of simplifying health for busy moms. And another one is meal planning. And another one is like healthy daily habits. So I'd say those are four of the things that I hope when people think, Lindsay Young, that one of those things kind of comes to mind for them. And then I did almost like a family tree where I then drew out, okay, so under meal planning, what are different things I would talk about with meal planning? And I mean, I could talk about, I talked about meal planning for eight hours on my course, right? Like I've got so many things I could talk about with meal planning. So I just listed all sorts of things I could talk about with meal planning and with score four, okay, well that involves protein and healthy fats and fiber and color. And within those, like within fiber, like I could talk about net carbs. I could talk about, you know, different aspects of like prebiotics and probiotics. And so just that exercise alone you know, often I come to, I would come to my Instagram feed and I'd be like, I just felt paralyzed. I didn't know what to talk about. But doing that really visual exercise where I could see everything that I really wanted to be known for, that helped me realize, oh my gosh, I have a hundred things I could talk about. And even if it's as simple as you've got your four main categories you're known for, you do one post on each of those four a week, you throw in a personal post, you throw in an inspirational quote, like that's six posts for a week. And you could easily, you know, fill several months like that. So I think that if you're just like brand new and feeling super overwhelmed, that exercise might be just a helpful starting point too.
0: Totally. And that is, that goes back to like the buckets and the content categories. But if you really need to see that visual, which I think is so helpful, that's like how I've outlined books in the past is I've done it on like a poster board and it just makes it really tangible, like where you can see it and dive in. So I love that suggestion so much. And also another thing is if you are stressing out on Instagram, thinking that you need to post every day, I'm going to challenge you to look at your analytics. Look and see at your insights. Do you really need to be posting every day? What if you took a day break? Do you think that maybe the next day, let's see, will you get a little bit more engagement? So I don't post every day. Um, For my audience and for my business, I only need to post a few times a week. So also don't get stuck in that trap of believing that you have to post in your newsfeed every day. Now I'm on there engaging every day and I am posting in my stories every day, but that's different than having to come up with a post and put it on my page every single day. And also I don't want you to get hung up on the vanity metrics. So, so many people will look at their likes, their comments, their views, but those don't necessarily mean anything. And yes, I understand. It makes us feel good. We all kind of get a little bit of validation that what we're producing is, is meaningful. But honestly, some of my content that has the most likes or the most views were kind of totally pointless point posts, like I was just being goofy and people just enjoyed seeing that side of my personality. But what you really want to pay attention to are the saves on your posts, the shares, and most importantly, your business conversions. What are your signups for your newsletters or your conversion rates for your freebies and your opt-ins and like your actual client experiences? That's where I want you to get... Your validation from, is from the people you are actually helping. It doesn't matter if you, you know, only have a handful of likes, it still might be really valuable content. So don't get discouraged and don't think that that means that Instagram is pointless because it isn't.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, we often look at followers and we're like, they must be doing so great because they have so many followers. But I know a lot of people who have a lot of followers on Instagram and aren't making any money from their business. And I know some of my most successful business coaches I've worked with, like hardly anyone follows them on Instagram, (laughs) but like the work that they do is so amazing. So yes, I agree. Don't let those vanity metrics get you down. Um, I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. This is something that Ashlyn and I are continuing to always work on. So. You know, there are so many aspects of business building that you never feel like, I've arrived! Like, I'm an expert content creator. We're always learning. We're always refining. We're always putting the work into building systems and strategies to, um, you know, to create more sustainable habits and and enjoy this work that we're doing. So we appreciate you guys listening in. Thank you so much for uh, responding to us on social media. We love hearing your questions and your feedback, and we would just be thrilled, like, so thrilled if you would review our podcast <laughs> and we will see you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us. If You subscribe and take just 30 seconds out of your day to leave us a positive review. Come say hi over on Instagram at Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs. And you can find Lindsay at lindsay.lives.well and Ashlyn at Ashlyn Cubison.